She's like, you anime freak, something dyed hair. I had that. I think I had purple hair or something. Or it was like silver. Because I do have dyed hair. No way she says anime freak. Yeah, she's like, said something with anime. I specifically remember because I, I have my backpack has like a bunch of like pins and stuff on it. And she's like, go watch anime, something like Hey gamers, are you ready to have some fun? Welcome to the Pony Pod's newest podcast series, Change the Game. I'm your host, Saki Tay. We'll cover all things esports and gaming related, from business to education to the ladders of competitive gameplay and more. We're all here to do just one thing, and that one thing is to change the game. Change the Game is a podcast that highlights those in the esports and gaming industry who are ultimately evolving the world of esports as we know it. It's not just one person expanding the universe of it all, but it's the power and talent of everyone combined to create a whole new world. Speaking of a whole new world, you'll be hearing some new and familiar names in this podcast series. For this series, we have an SMU alumni who works in cosplay and gaming. Hi, my name is Anna Iorio. I graduated spring 22 from SMU, um, operations research major, and I currently work full-time in the industry remotely. Um, and yeah, here to talk about cosplay today. Now, I know you do a lot of cosplay and you create a lot of them. You play a lot of games as well. Can you speak a little bit about your cosplay? I see it all over Twitter all the time and I see you posting about it and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, so I started cosplaying back in 2017, in like January 2017. Like I remember like when Overwatch came out, I really liked the characters from that game. But I was like, there's no way I can make this cosplay yet. And then my friends and I were playing Rainbow Six Siege and we like were looking at the characters and I was like, oh, like her outfit is just like a button up shirt. And then there's like, you know, pants and it seems makeable. And I was like, oh, I could probably make that. And I feel like that's how most people get started is they see a character they like and then they're like, hey, I want to make this. I can make this. And it like worked about as good as you expected like your first costume to be. I think I made it out of like hot glue and the foam you can like the kids craft foam you can get at Hobby Lobby because it's like all I like knew. And I would like bought the cheapest fabric from Joann's or whatever. But it was fun. I went to like a convention like it turned out OK. It's just like. Whenever you're making something, like you're first starting out, you can make something that looks like the character, but to make something that you can throw in the washing machine and wear multiple times is a lot more intensive than people realize. So a lot of my earlier costumes, like I just don't have anymore. I had to throw them out, which is sad, but uh, I it's nice to have a hobby that I can do that's something besides like sitting in front of a screen. I guess like a skill I get to work on, I can like see results, like the time and effort I put in, I get to see an output and like even though it's like the nerdiest, gaviest thing ever, I still like really enjoy the creative aspect of it and that like cosplay dips into like so many different creative and like engineering buckets and you can cake it and push it as far as you want to. You don't need to buy a 3D printer and do all that technical stuff, but you can if you want to and I enjoy doing that. And then there's also kind of, I think, Back when I started cosplaying, there weren't a lot of good pre-made costumes you could get. Um, the ones online kind of looked like spirit Halloween costumes, and they didn't have a lot of characters. And that's kind of like what forced me to make them in the first place, because like, the quality's not great. They don't have this character, and you don't have to make it. But today, there's like a lot of better websites you can buy cosplays from, which I see a lot of people do all the time. 
Um, that's fine, but I just like enjoy the making of it ten times more than than wearing it. So you mentioned gaming just a little bit when we were talking earlier. Tell me a little bit about Overwatch because I know that's a game you play and how you got into it. I remember my family got a Wii console in 2006. I forget like when it came out exactly, but I played Wii Sports and then I got Super Mario Galaxy for Christmas. I played that and I was just like super into my Wii. I don't know. I played like I played like a lot of random Wii games like you know, you see like the movie come out with like the game tie-in. Like my parents would like get me that for Christmas and I'd play it. And so like the games weren't good, but I did still enjoy them. And then I remember when I was in high school, all my friends, I took like a break from gaming in middle school. Cause I was like, my parents were like, you gotta go like be, do like cheerleading and do girly stuff. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then like high school, Destiny came out and all my friends are like, oh, you gotta get Destiny. I'm like, well, I don't have an Xbox. And so I like begged my parents and they're like, well, we have to like shoot people. Like, it's not like really, should you be doing this? I was like, yes. And like, they got me Destiny and I played so much Destiny. And then that kind of led me into Overwatch because, like, that by the time like Destiny was like, Destiny One at least was like in full swing. That's when Overwatch One came out, and then we played all that on Xbox. And then I think like I, I don't know how I moved to PC gaming, but I remember building my PC like in my high school. Like we had like a networking. It wasn't a coding class, but it was like a networking class for like something you would like an IT kind of like um, program there and I remember when we built my PC there like I ordered all the parts and we just built it in class which was really interesting now that I think about it because I skipped classes to do that. You know I relate to that and I understand your point in a way it's when you take the time out of your day to specifically game and you question you wonder why exactly am I gaming right now is it because I'm addicted to the game is it because the game is fun? Am I picking something up from the game? Or do I want to go into esports or something of that nature? And I know that right now you are doing cosplay for gaming and anime. And I know that cosplay people tend to cosplay a lot of anime. But you, on the other hand, have decided to do it with games like Overwatch and Apex Legends. Now, I wanted to hear your opinion about being a woman in the gaming industry. What has your experience been like? So now I'm playing Rainbow Six Siege. This was like back in year three or year four. I haven't played that game forever, but it was, toxicity was really bad. And so I just kind of like muted myself. I think like, I think every woman in, in a video game, or if you have a voice that sounds like any feminine in whatsoever way, it's just like, okay, you're gonna, you go through the stages. Like, I'm just gonna mute everyone. Okay, and you're like, well, we're in a comp game. It doesn't really work. We're playing. Siege or Valorant or Overwatch because we need the comms. Okay, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna talk. I'm just gonna do the comms. And then, you know, you kind of like warm up. And if, I feel like it like depends a lot on your team because you can kind of read your team and like tell if they're gonna be toxic or not. It's It was a lot worse, I think, when I was in high school versus now. And I know like it's still bad now, but I personally, I think, I think part of it is like a skill issue with being a woman. Because if you're like top fragging and you're a girl, like, the people under you, you can just tell them like, hey, like, be better. Like, I'm really like that bad. Like, you know, you're lo- like I'm doing better than you. But if you're bottom bragging, then it's just like, you just have to like take it. So I'm really curious to hear a little bit about how gaming and cosplay works alongside you. I know a lot of people decide to do anime like we discussed earlier, but what made you choose gaming given all of this toxic energy that we just explained? I do watch anime, but a lot of the characters 
I don't really like as much as I like the video game character designs. Like, especially, like, from a design standpoint, like, anime has to keep their characters simplistic because, like, when they're doing, like, the weekly releases for, like, the show or the manga, they have to keep drawing that character over and over. So if you add, like, a billion pouches and buttons and details and armor, I mean, you can't do it. It's just expensive. So, like, they have to simplify the designs. And I do like anime characters, and I've, like, cosplayed a few. But the video game characters, they have so much detail and, like, unique cool skins, especially Apex and, like, Valorant. Like, you know, like, you, like, look at the hands of your agent you're playing in game, and there's just, like, so many, like, glove details and, like, fingernail polish and, like, tattoos. And it's, like, I just think the detail is really cool. Would you say that that is typically what cosplayers look for whenever they're trying to cosplay a character or an agent? What they look for, fingernail paint, like you just said? Or do you think there's more to it than that? I think that I, like, you gain an eye for detail when you do something creative. Like, it's drawing, painting, whatever. You kind of just, like, notice things that people don't. I definitely notice a lot, especially when I'm, like, looking at a character and I'm, like, making their outfit. I'm about to stare at their reference for, like, hours. Like, I, I made a Cypher cosplay, and I stared at that reference for so long. Like, I could just, I could basically draw it from memory now with, like, pretty good accuracy. And it's just, I think it's just, like, detail people don't realize and, like, how it all fits together. And it's, like, an engineering problem and, like, a costume design problem. Where it's, like, you have this, like, someone just, like, drew this on paper. How do you translate it to real life with real materials and finishing it and making it wearable that's like the most important part it's easy to make something that looks good for like a day like you could give me two weeks i can make you something that looks perfect for like one day but it'll fall apart by the end of the day so making something that like lasts and you can wear and like be comfortable and not want to like die when you're at a convention is like really really hard it's a lot harder than people realize, I think. And it says that if you're able to put a cosplay into a washing machine and take it out without it being ruined, then you did cosplay as you should. But for Anna, I questioned whether she does cosplay for confidence. I haven't like worn a costume in years. I haven't like COVID kind of just like threw a wrench. It threw a wrench in like every cosplayer's like convention schedule and whatever. I just like haven't gotten back into it. And can I, cause like after COVID, I really took a step back and I was like, I wanna like level up my skills. But I do like the way I look in like certain costumes, especially cause I usually cosplay, I like cosplay like men and women. I don't really care about like the gender. I usually just like do a character I like. I like the makeup and the wigs. And I think like when you put, cause I have glass, I wear glasses normally. And when I wear like contacts and like do my eye makeup, you can't even tell it's me. Anna shares her story about how she one time did a cosplay on Widowmaker. Widowmaker is a blue character, and that meant that Anna had to paint her whole entire body blue. I asked Anna what the process was like to unsmurf herself. It's like, I just get in the shower and it washes off. It's like water-based, so. Okay. And then, like, you can, like, get these, um, it's like, you, like, know, like, dance tights. You can (laughs) sew them into gloves so you don't have to paint your arms. That's what Uh, I usually do. Interesting. So, who was your biggest inspiration when it came down to cosplay? So back when I first started cosplaying, I guess my parents were like, I guess I'm, I'm glad Anna has a new hobby. I don't think they understood it either. And like my grandma, I remember like I strategically like planned out how I was going to learn how to like sew and do all this stuff. So I was like, I'm going to my grandma's house for Thanksgiving. I'm going to have her teach me how to sew there. And then I'll give me like enough baseline info and I can kind of just like YouTube it and Google it up and learn everything else if I get stuck. And so my parents, like, realized I was, like, they're, like, why does she want to learn how to sew? And they saw me make a costume, and they're, like, okay, now it makes sense. They kind of, I don't know if they, like, they didn't really care. They're kind of indifferent. We had a spare bedroom. Um, 
And so I kind of just like threw my sewing machine in there and it would be like a craft room and it would get so messy because it was only like, it was like probably double the size of this room. When I stopped by Anna's apartment to see her cosplay live and in action, she brought me into a room and that one room happened to be her office times bedroom. And it's a craft room and it has my gamer PC in it. It's just like the room where everything happens. And I have a folding table. I'll pull out into the kitchen if I need to um, do something where I need to like keep the door open so I can like kind of like vent out. I usually like something that I'll do like resin and stuff with a lot of chemicals or sanding and I don't want to do it in my bedroom where I sleep. Especially since I have a cat now, I need to like put the cat away when I'm doing anything like hazardous or else she'll like step in it. So basically you're living in a woman cave. What? <laughs> like the gamer cosplay cave i like went to ikea and it got all these shelves and all these bins and they're like the bins where they're like 12 feet or not 12 feet 12 inches by 12 inches so you can just like throw whatever in them and shove them away and like don't worry about it like it looks everything looks organized when you put it all away but you look it up like open up the bins and it's like what's in this bin now you got me really curious you're saying that you can just put your hand into a bin and you never know what you're gonna pull out from it how much anna have you spent on cosplay Oh my gosh, don't ask me this question. I refuse to like, I one time I added it up. No, not, not like everything, like an entire costume of like, because I messed up a lot and sometimes I'll mess up on nice fabric and have to reorder it. Chamber, I did do like the math for chamber. Not including like me buying like equipment, just like fabric and like basically the raw materials. It's around $500. $500. That is five one hundreds and an incredibly large amount of cash for Anna. But Anna is able to maneuver around that by making almost a $1,000 profit through her commissioning. While Anna was the SMU Esports president, she faced an experience during her interview process. You anime freak something dyed hair. I had that. I think I had purple hair or something. Or it was like silver because I do have dyed hair. And like, I'm lucky that I work in a corporate job where I can have my weird hair. Wait, somebody said that to you? She had her boyfriend there and he was like given, she, he was like doing the look, you know, or like, he's like, please, can we leave? Like, you're doubling down and you're wrong. But like, if I'm, if I see someone that's doing something wrong and I'll just call it out. I don't like care about confrontation. It's just like, cut people, people cut in line. I'll be like, why are you cutting in line? Supermarket, airport, doesn't matter. So you stand up for yourself. Was this something you built from playing games or where did it come from? Yeah, like playing games and then kind of just personality. I don't know. I mean, my, my, I was like, I was like really, I'm like still really close. To my, I don't know if like I'm talking like, like he's dead, but I'm still really close to my dad. And he's very like assertive. And so like I grew up playing golf with him. Like I, I played golf in high school and I still like kind of try and keep it up. But it's just like, I spent so much time with him, he kind of just rubbed off. It's just like, you know, you don't let people treat you like garbage. You just stand up for yourself. Good. Never let anybody walk over you. Especially, you know, in a game where you're bottom bragging. Okay, no, that was a joke. But tell me a little bit about how you think you're changing the game. I want to say, like, my big, like, one of my bigger goals is I don't, it takes a lot of effort to make like tutorial content, but I'm hoping that I can show people either through like my work or like even if they want to like like stalk my Instagram account and see my earlier stuff. Like I don't delete anything on there and I keep all my like stories of like when I took like snapshots from like seven years ago, they're all on there. I want to show people that like it's not just like, oh, you're talented. You go to school, you learn. You can just like do it in your free time. You can go like everything I've learned from 3D modeling has been on YouTube. 
everything I've learned from patterning, YouTube, sewing, like my grandma taught me the basics, but everything like complex or I need a certain seam, just go on YouTube. Like there's so much resources you can use for free. And there's like a lot of cosplayers have been publishing books about like their techniques. And like, I'm definitely not there yet. But I mean, you just pay like $20 and you get like so much great content you can use. And I think people, it's just, people just don't know like where to start or how to start and you just gotta like start i think start small and build big is better than like trying to jump into something super huge right i mean you always have to start somewhere i found you from your social media actually i'm a big gamer myself and i saw that you did a cypher cosplay in which we were talking about earlier so it was just great to hear about that now i'm wondering if you know anybody around the smu campus who also does cosplay because as far as I know, you're one of the ones that stand out. And I feel like you've kind of molded that community a little bit here. I think there's some people that do cosplay here, but I don't know anyone that's just like, does it to like the extent that I do. And I'm not saying not to try and brag. It's just like, I don't know anyone that just like wakes up and they just like are like, okay, time to go work on my thing for an hour today. Because I do try and do it every day. I try and do something for cosplay every day. Because I know if I don't make time every day, it's never going to happen. That's kind of, like, weird to think about. But especially since, like, graduating school, it's just, like, I need to set time aside for this thing I like to do. Yeah, you're right. Always make time for yourself and what you truly love doing. Thank you so much, Anna, once again for stopping by in this podcast for Change the Game. You're our second person in this episode. Do you have any last few words? Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's at um, A-E-I-C-O-S underscore. And then my Instagram is just at A-E-I-C-O-S. It's like a cause. It's like my initials and then plus cause. Well, that's everything that we have for you gamers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Change the Game. Stay tuned for the following episodes and keep your eyes out for some names you may know. Follow us on Instagram at SMU Daily Campus and Twitter and Facebook at The Daily Campus. Until next time, pony up.